Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and that harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Remain standing for just a moment, and I want you to go to Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8. We've begun a series now. This is the next message in this series that we are in now called Kings. Somebody say Kings. Come on, say it, say, say it again. Somebody say Kings. Kings. And so we're going to be dealing with this today. This is the second message in this series, and I encourage you to make sure you've got the first, either on CD or through auto message. Make sure you get that in your hands. Psalm 8 and 4, it says this. It says, uh, it says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man? Now, son of man is a phrase that simply means, means somebody that's been born of a woman, that you visit him. Verse 5, for you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, now, now look at me, church. The Bible says angels there, but in your Bible, if you have an old school Bible, there should be an asterisk or some type of symbol there because angels isn't the actual Hebrew word, the language of our Old Testament that's there. The actual word that's there is the word Elohim, which is the name for God, a name for God. So it says you made him a little lower than Elohim himself. Which says We are not subject to angels. I just need to let you know somebody here. Angels are actually subject to us. We were made a little lower than the angels. See, angels are servants, but you and I have the propensity to be sons and daughters. What says says you have made him a little lower than the angels watch this and you have crowned him uh, uh, somebody holler he crowned me 
No, you just said it loud. I said holler. It's a, holler, he crowned me. He crowned him with glory and with honor. <laughs> I, says, I says, touch your neighbor and say, there's a crown on you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Try that other one. Say, there's a crown on you. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Verse 6, you, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. Look at me, church. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. The book says he put all things under his feet. Uh, who? Man's feet. Look at me, church. Look at me. Depression under your feet. Discouragement under your feet. Family drama under your feet. Sickness under your feet. Pain under your feet. Whatever you're dealing with right now, the book says he's put it under your feet. I feel like preaching today. Uh, let's pray. Father, we pray now that you would now open our ears to receive what it is that you're speaking to us today. I pray that you would customize, tailor make this word for us, your people, that this word would transform, that this word would renew, that this word would quicken, that this word would awaken, that this word would cause an evolution in the life of everybody under the sound of my voice. Not only is there a king in them, not only are they a king, but this time I declare whatever they're facing, they're keeping their crown on. This time, whatever they're dealing with, they're keeping their crown on. This time, no matter how painful it feels, they're keeping their crown on because you put all things under their feet and it is in Jesus name that we pray somebody holler hallelujah hallelujah listen as you take your seats high five two or three people and tell them today's message this next message in our series kings this time I'm keeping my crown on this time I'm keeping my crown on. Uh -huh, uh -huh. This time, I'm keeping my crown on. Watch this. In this new series that, uh, that we're in called Kings, we're going to learn how to manage and multiply money, power, and respect God's way. And in the first message, rather, of this series, I introduce you to the series by introducing you to the real you. Not the you that uh, you thought you were because of everything that you went through, uh, but the you that you really are. Not the you that got abandoned, but the you that you really are. Not the you... That was rejected, but the you you really are. Not the you that was hurt, but the you you really are. Not the you that was disappointed, but the you that you really are. Not the you that had a setback, but the you that you really are. Not the you that feels like they're not good enough, but the you that you really are. Not the you that says, I don't have what it takes, but the you that you really are, and that is you are a king. Somebody holler, I'm a king. Uh -huh, but I don't have time to teach that. You got to get that message. Watch this. I'm going to get right into the meat of this. Right into the meat of this. The first thing, since you are a king, guess what? Every king has a crown. That, that's the first point. Every king has a crown. Somebody say, I have a crown. Now, we looked in Psalm 8 where it says, what is man, uh, in verse 4, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? That you have made him a little lower than, we know, it's not the angels, but a little lower than Elohim himself, and you've crowned him. In other words, God was saying, watch this. From the first message, we learned that he's made us kings and priests. But then in Psalm 8, we learned that not only has he made us kings, but he's crowned us. Somebody say, I have a crown. Mm -hmm. He's crowned us with glory and with honor. Now, that word, when we look at a crown, uh, it deals with this, uh, this uh, Hebrew word, hadar, which means majesty 
and dignity conferred by God on man. Oh, I says it means majesty, which means you are not chump change, which means you are not some throwaway. I know people have thrown you away, but that's not who you are. You are not some bump on a log. You are not some accident. There's a reason. That car accident could not kill you. There's a reason uh, that that abortion could not affect you. There's a reason that when you were out at that nightclub and they were shooting, you didn't get shot. They're not talking to me. There's a reason why that plane couldn't crash with you on it. There's a reason why that car couldn't crash and take your life. Why? Because the book says, watch this, that he is now giving you majesty, which means there is a king in you, but also it means dignity, dignity, majesty. And dignity conferred by God on man. Now, conferred means this, church. It, it means it means a superior to give to one that is inferior. A superior to give to one that is inferior. Now, watch this. God made you, the Bible says, uh, with glory and with honor. And he crowned you with it. In other words, watch this. When God looked at you, he said, it's good. No, 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 no. Because I know what you're thinking. Well, Bishop, I got some parts of me that are bad. But you need to know when God looks at you, God says, when I see you, I say, it's good. Why? Because God has the ability to look at you in your alpha, but see you in your omega. Y'all not hear me. He has the ability to look at you in pre-evolution and look at you uh, and see you as post-evolution. That's why we made one resolution this year, and that was to resolve to evolve. That is to go through the process of continuous change from a lesser state to a greater state. It is to arise. It is to unfold. It is to unveil. So watch this. God says, when he looks at you, he says, it's good. High five your neighbor and say, when he looks at you, it's good. Uh -huh. When he looks at you, it's good. And hear me, church, even in your worst moments, and let's be honest, we all have some worst moments. Matter of fact, some of y'all had it this morning. Some of y'all had it last night. Some of y'all had it the other day. Watch this. Even in your worst moments, he still remembers you how he made you. He still remembers you how he made you. And here's what's interesting. When we look at this, when we look at this, uh, we look at these uh, words now when we say, uh, uh, he's made us and crowned us with glory and with honor. Now, there's some Hebrew definitions, or there's some definitions to those Hebrew words that are there. I'm going to give them to you. Watch this. The first is beauty. It means the quality present in the thing or person that gives deep satisfaction. God says, watch this. There's quality in you that gives him deep satisfaction. You missed it. Why, after everybody you've known, after everybody you've been around in your life, why is it that you are the one that's faithful to church and you are the one that's faithful to God and you are the one that's the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the one that's the line crosser in your, uh, in your, uh, in your bloodline. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because God says, I've crowned you with honor and glory and uh, that means beauty. Uh, me say, There's beauty in you. <laughs> well, I said, Sometimes you're going to look like beauty and the beast. Got it? But God says, I choose to see your beauty. See, see, what kind of love is it where he can look at you when you beasting out and say, I still choose to see you as beautiful. Here's the next definition. It means comeliness. That means to be pleasant and wholesome. It means excellency, an outstanding feature or quality. It means glorious, which means having or being worthy of 
or bringing fame and admiration. That is the reason why in Genesis 12, God says he'd make your name great. And Jesus told us how to be great. Jesus said the greatest among you would be your servant, which means if you want to have a great name, you need to learn how to serve greatly. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Because a lot of people want to be great, but they don't know how to serve their way into greatness. You ain't going to become great just because you woke up one day and said, I'm going to be great. You're going to become great because you serve your way into greatness. But then it means glorious. That That, that is having or being worthy of bringing fame or admiration it did means glory a highly praiseworthy asset it means goodly remember all of this deals with the meaning of uh, honor there and glory in hebrew it means to be goodly which means excellent it means to have majesty which is supreme authority or power and then it means honor which is high respect and esteem god says i've crowned you with that i've crowned you with beauty crowned you with excellency, crowned you to be glorious, crowned you with glory, crowned you with to be goodly, crowned you with majesty, crowned you with honor. But here's our problem, church. Sometimes shift happens. Touch your neighbor and say shift happens. S-H-I-F-T, shift, shift, shift happens. And we're going to learn about that in, in just a moment. We're going to learn about that in just a moment because if we've been crowned with all of those things, sometimes our issue is, is why does it seem like even though I've been crowned with all of those things, that's those are not the things that are manifesting in my life. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you uh, in just a moment. But, but watch this before we get there. Before we get there, let me get you to the second point. I want to get right into the meat of this message. The second point, honor is my crown and my key. Honor is my crown and my key. So remember, the book says he's crowned us with honor. And I gave you all the definitions of that word in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament. Now, what I says, but that is not only your crown, but it is also your key. Now, that word keys in the Greek language of our New Testament, I'm going to tell you why I'm using that. It means it's the word kledas for my note takers, K-L-E-I-D. A-S, and here's what it means. It's to denote power and authority of various kinds. It means to open or unlock. It means to shut. It's the ability and opportunity to obtain. Watch this. And it means the power to bring back into life from Hades and to leave there. Now, now, now watch this, watch this. Could it be that there are certain doors that God doesn't open because you have a key to open it yourself called honor? Watch well, this. Well, I says, now we learned in the first message, I am a king. Say, I'm a king. Now, we learn now every king has a crown. You, we've learned that the crown we have is honor. Now, now I says, but that crown is not just our crown of honor, but it is also a key. Watch this. Well, stay with me, church. Now, could it be there are certain things that you are waiting on God to do that God has not done, and the reason God has not done them is because you are sitting back, uh, not using your key. I want to ask you a question, church. It's a simple question. It's not deep. How do you honor God? How do you honor God? How do you honor leadership in your life? How do you honor others in your life? Question, church. How do you honor yourself? See, when we look at when we look at honor, all those different definitions. Watch this: uh, beauty, comeliness, excellence, glorious, glory, goodly, majesty honor, high respect and esteem. How do you respect God? How do you respect God? Because watch this. If you're a king, kings recognize kings. There's an old saying, 
uh, you might be familiar with it. Game recognized game. I figured the 15 would appreciate that. Game recognized game. So check it out. Watch this. Kings recognize kings. Let, let me give you another example. Chiefs recognize chiefs. Can I ask you something? How do you respect God? Now watch this. I, I'm not trying to beat up on you. I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm not trying to throw you down. I just want to ask you a question. Is God last on your list of priorities or is he number one? Is God number one on your objectives for the day or, or is he last? What says? Does God get your leftovers or does he get your best? See, I don't know about you, but I made up my mind a long time ago before I stood on this side of the stage, when I was on that side of the stage, I made up my mind that he was going to get my best. I was going to respect him, and that doesn't mean I'm perfect. And I'm so glad that God does not judge me or throw me down because of my imperfections. See, I love saying it, and I got to say it again. I may not be where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. But I got a question. How do you respect God? Watch this. Why is it that everybody else in your life gets your best and God gets your maybe? Now, watch this. Let me ask you. When we talk about respecting God or honoring God, the reality is, is to honor God is to simply make what's important to him important to us. And that's in every area of our lives. And there's these five keys I've taught you a million times. I'll go ahead and throw them in again for you now. Uh, God first in our time. That's church attendance. Why is it, watch this, that we have to, after you've been taught about faithful church attendance, we have to repeat the teaching about faithful church attendance. I'll tell you why. It's because sometimes you stopped using your key and you took your crown off. But touch your neighbor and say, this time, I'm keeping my crown on. Uh-huh. Touch the other neighbor. They didn't respond too well. Uh, touch them and say, this time, I'm keeping my crown on. Watch this. God first in your time, God first in your talent, that's serving in the church, using your gifts, your talents, your skills, your abilities to change the lives of other people. God, then God first in your treasure, that's the faithful giving to your tithes, offerings, and first fruits and love offerings. And then God first in your, uh, uh, in your uh, uh, time, talent, and treasure, and your testimony, that's inviting people to church. Why is it, watch this, that you come to church and that you are blessed and that you are encouraged? that you are built up and you say I'm learning so much and I'm growing so much but you haven't invited one person to church I'm just asking a question I'm not beating you up I'm just asking a question you haven't invited one person to church um, you, you, we say come on take the video you, you, you got 40 million people following you on social media and you won't take a video could it be that you took the crown of honor off and watch this it's difficult watch this it's difficult to honor God when you don't see yourself as crowned with honor it's difficult to honor anything when you don't see yourself as crown of honor. God first in your time. God first in your talent. God first in your treasure. God first in your testimony. Then God first in your thirst. And watch this. Watch this. When you come to church, you're not coming to a concert. You are coming to a worship experience. Here's what that means. When the choir's up here or harvest worship or whoever's up here is singing and worshiping and all that, that means you're supposed to participate. Not just sit and look. Not just sit and say, ooh, they sang it, or that's my favorite song. Ooh, the blood still works. I'm coming out on that one. No, we're supposed to participate. Why? Because we get to praise and worship God. We get to pray. Those are things we have to do. Those are things we get to do. I want to know, how have you been honoring God? Because could it be that there's a door you won't open in your life that the key called honor you have, but you've not been using? How do you honor, watch this, watch this. Here's a question, church. How do you honor leadership? Not just in church, but every area of life, on your job, 
How do you honor leaders in church? How do you honor leaders in your family? How do you honor anybody that has authority over you? Watch this. Especially when you don't think they deserve honor. Because that's the real test. Because the reality is there's all times where we, uh, all kinds of situations that come up in life where we look at it and say, you know what? Well, so-and-so, I would honor them if they did this. I would honor them if they did that. And that's why Romans 13 says that we give honor to whom honor is due. Which means, once this, there's some people that simply because of their rank or simply because of the position that they hold or the role that they hold, they are due honor simply because they are due honor. I says, I says, how do you honor leaders? How, how do you honor, how do you honor other people? You know what I never understood? I never understood haters. Anybody else like me? I never understood haters. The reason I never understood haters is because, watch this. If you're hating on me, that means you're spending your energy complaining about, watch this, what you wish you could do. Okay, you're not saying that. Uh, watch this. Anybody that's got enough time to sit up and be on the phone talking about you and be emailing talking about you and be calling folk talking about you and hating on you and beating you up and throwing you down, why are you spending all of your energy hating on me trying to take me down when really you should be trying to upgrade your own self? Which means you ought to just look at your neighbor and say, I don't have time to hate you. No, tell them, say, I have a crown on with you. Now, try that other neighbor. Say, I don't have time to hate you. Tell them, I got a crown on with you. Baby, I want all of us to do well. Your success does not mean that I can't have success, and my success doesn't have to come at the hands of your failure. Somebody say, this time, I'm keeping my crown on. Well, I says, I says, remember, we're crowned with honor, but honor is the key. But crown with honor, honor is the key. It's kind of like looking through a peephole. There are certain doors. Watch this, church. There are certain doors that when you show up, if it doesn't see the crown of honor, it's not going to open to you. You ever, um, you ever, you ever had somebody visit your house and you didn't know they're gonna visit, and they came to your house, and so you got real quiet. Don't 15, Don't do that to me. You, you know what I'm talking. About. And, and you got real quiet. You got real quiet, and so uh, you got real quiet, and so now you, now you kind of walking real, you tiptoeing through the house. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You tiptoeing through the house, and you kind of just kind of get to the door because you don't want them to know that you had to go, and you get up to the door real easy, and you just kind of look through the peephole. And when you see who they are, you decide not to answer. You missed my point. There are certain doors that you've been praying to be open, certain opportunities you've been praying to be open, certain things you've been praying to get past, certain things you've been praying for God to do for you. And God says, we can't open the door because when we look through the people, you ain't got no crown on. Oh, but I think there's some people in this place today that can say, this time I'm keeping my crown on. I was made with honor and I was made to give God honor. I was made to honor God, made to honor people, made to honor myself. Say, so this time, I'm keeping my crown on. Watch this, watch this. Watch this. How do you honor God? How do you honor leaders? How do you honor others? How, how, how do you give respect to other people? How do you treat other people? I, I know it's sobering for a moment. We're going to shout in just a moment. Uh, how, how, do you, how do you honor yourself? How do you respect you? How, how, do, you, how do you esteem yourself? Watch this. Because honor is not only your crown, honor is your key. There's a story in the Bible, in the book of Acts, where these non-Christians, they were kind. The Bible says that they honored the apostle Paul. And when they honored the apostle Paul, who was a man of God, 
they weren't even Christians. The Bible says their honor to the man of God, their honor to the apostle Paul made it such that for three months, the entire island received healing and prosperity. Now, uh, the Bible says that everybody that was sick came and everybody was healed and they stayed there for three months. Here's what I need you to understand. Honor was a key that even worked, hear me, it was a key that even worked for non-Christians. Watch this. Honor was the key that even worked for folk that didn't call the name of Jesus. Honor was a key. Touch your neighbor and say, uh, uh, you need honor, you need honor, you need honor. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. You have a crown. Honor is your crown. Honor is your crown. And that honor that is your crown, watch this, it is also your key. Which brings us to the third and final point, church, and I'm done. I must keep my crown on at all times. I must keep my crown on at all times. I must keep my crown on at all times. Watch this. In other words, watch this, watch this. There are times in life, there are situations in life, uh, well, remember I started, we talked about how shifts can happen and things can be great one day and then the next day they're messed up. They can be great one day and then they're uh, crazy the next day. Things can look wonderful one day and then they can be messed up, jacked up, tied up the next day. Things can look like you're going to uh, surge through one moment and then the next moment uh, it just goes crazy. It looks like you're the head one moment and then you're the tail the next moment. You thought you had your plan figured out one moment and then the next moment everything goes crazy. The reality is is that shift can happen in life. And so sometimes, watch this, your crown can come off. But touch your neighbor and say, this time, I choose to keep it on. I want to take you through a narrative very quickly through a book of the Bible, in a particular chapter of the Bible. It's the book of Lamentations. The book of Lamentations really is an extension to Jeremiah. You know Jeremiah? Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. And as the weeping prophet, Jeremiah is very simple. He's called the weeping prophet because Jeremiah... He, he, he weeped a lot. His assignment made it such that he weeped a lot, that he dealt with a lot of challenges. He dealt with a lot of pain. He dealt with a lot of frustration. He dealt with people, watch this, that he was trying to help that did not want to be helped. You ever tried to help people that did not want to be helped? You ever tried to encourage people that did not want to be encouraged? You ever saw more and wanted more for people than they wanted for themselves? Watch this. It'll make you become bitter with people. It'll make you lament and mourn. And that's what happened to Jeremiah. Jeremiah began to lament and mourn because Jeremiah said, God, I'm trying to help people that do not want to be helped. I'm trying to preach to people that do not want to uh, come out of their issues. They just want to manage the misery. Jeremiah dealt with some lamentations. In that book, Lamentations in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament is the word ikah, ikah, from my note takers, E-I-K-H-A-H, which means how. Watch this. We've all had failures. We've all had mistakes. We've all had challenges. We've all had disappointments. And when we're in those issues, we can sometimes say, God, how? How am I going to get through this pain? How am I going to get through this hurt? How am I going to get out of this financial situation? How am I going to get through this betrayal? How am I going to get through this issue? How am I going to break this addiction? How am I going to come through this generational curse? How is it going to happen? Is there anybody after 1115 that's ever asked God the question, how? That's what Jeremiah's book of Lamentations means. It means how. And watch this. There's, there's, there's a powerful verse in here, and I want, I want, to, read, I want to read the entirety of the chapter from Lamentations 5, and then I'm done. Because watch this, watch this. Say this, that I'm keeping my crown on. See, you don't take your crown off. 
just because of some difficulties. Watch this. You don't take your crown off just because folks start acting crazy with you. You don't take your crown off just because you're dealing with some pain. You don't take your crown off just because you're dealing with some issues. Watch this. Because if you take your crown off, now your key don't work. You missed what I just said. If you take your crown off, now your key does not work. And if your key does not work, you'll be standing at doors, banging and knocking, hollering and screaming, and you're not able to get through because watch this. They say we don't see a crown, which means you must not be a king. We don't see a crown, which means you must not be the head and not the tail. We don't see a crown, which means you must not belong here. But I'm telling you to just have, have your neighbor and say, I am a king. Tell them and say, and I have a crown. Uh, try to other neighbor. Say, I am a king, uh-huh, and I have a crown. Watch this. Lamentations 5 and 1, and I'm done. Now, th- th- this is a prayer of repentance that they're praying, and I want you to see what they go through. Lamentations 5 and 1. It says, remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Look, and behold our reproach. Our inheritance has been turned over to aliens, and our houses to foreigners. In other words, it said, there's some stuff that we had, some stuff that belonged to us, and other folk got it. Watch this. Uh, that was supposed to be my position. That was supposed to be my role. That was supposed to be my assignment. That was supposed to be my house, my car, this, that, and the other. And it's been given over to an alien. An alien meaning somebody it doesn't belong to. Verse 3, we have become orphans and, uh, and waifs. Our mothers are like widows. We pay for the water. We drink. Our wood comes at a price. They pursue at our heels. We labor and we have no rest. We have given our ham to the Egyptians and the Assyrians to be satisfied with bread. Our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities. Look, look at me, look at me, church, look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, go back to verse 5. Uh, actually, let's go back to verse 4. It said, we pray for the water we drink and our wood comes at a price. Here's what they're saying. They're saying, we're now having to labor for what used to be part of our benefits package. You're missing. He said, now we are stressing out over stuff that we used to not have to stress out over. And in their case, it was because they had committed some issues. They had some They had some sin. They had some failure. And their failure, watch this, wasn't that they made mistakes. Their failure, watch this, was that they got prideful when they made mistakes. Their failure was that they got a bad attitude when they made mistakes. Their failure was that they blamed other people when they made mistakes. And I'm here to tell you that you'll always take your crown off when you start blaming other people. Because watch this, when you're a king, if something happens on your watch, you own them. You take responsibility for it and say, you know what? If that happened, it's my it's my responsibility. I'm not trying to blame nobody because only lame people blame people. I got to make it happen. Here's what it says, verse 5. They pursue at our heels. Watch this. They said, we labor and we have no rest. They said, watch this. They said, God, we, we work and 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 we have no rest. Watch this. And all of this is created because they took their crown off. All of this is created because of how they handle the issues that they face, which is why you need the first message in this series so that it, because it builds. Watch this. Verse 6. We have given our hand to the Egyptians and the Assyrians to be satisfied with bread. They're saying we're making deals with people we wouldn't normally make deals with just so we can make ends meet. Anybody, any, you ever had to make a deal with somebody you wouldn't normally make a deal with just because you're trying to make ends meet, just because you're trying to get something done? That's what they say. Verse 7, our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities. They say, we're dealing with all these generational curses at one time. And I need to tell somebody in here today, you need to understand 
That yes, there's some stuff you're dealing with that truth be told, you did not introduce. Watch this, but because you were born and when you were born, a curse breaker was born. And because you were born and when you were born, the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline was born. Which means there's some stuff that you're dealing with that you didn't start, but you got to finish. But I'm here to tell you, you've got the power to finish. Why? Because you're a king and every king has a crown. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm a king and every king has a crown. Watch this. He says, verse 8, our servants rule over us and there's none to deliver us from their hand. We get our bread at the risk of our lives because of the sword in the wilderness. Our skin is hot as an oven because of the fever of famine. They ravished the woman in Zion, uh, the maid, maidens in the cities of Judah. Princes were hung up by their hands and elders were not respected. Young men ground at the millstones, boys staggered under loads of wood. The elders have ceased gathering at the gate and the young men from their music, the joy of our heart has ceased and our dancing has turned into mourning. They basically said, we are in the middle of a flat foot breakdown. And there's everybody in here, we've all been at that moment where we've been in the middle of a flat foot breakdown. We've all been in moments where we have been in situations and circumstances where we said, God, how is this going to happen? How is this? Uh, how? Remember, lamentations means how. Somebody holler how. You got some stuff right now you're dealing with and you're saying how. I'm going to tell you it's going to happen because you keep your crown on. Touch your neighbor and say, this time I'm keeping my crown on. What this? this? Uh, look at verse 16. The crown, here it is. Verse 16 has fallen from our head. Listen, they said, we know what happened now. The reason we're asking the question of how Instead of, watch this, instead of what next? See, watch this. When you start asking how, what you're really asking, what you're really saying is the crown is falling from your head. Here, here's what the verse says. They said, listen, uh, we understand that the crown is falling from our head. And then watch this. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Now, I don't want you to take this and get beat up because you make mistakes and have failures and think, oh, my God, if I make one little mistake, God is going to get me. No, no, no. I don't want you to look at it that way because that's not true. The scripture says that God gives us his righteousness as a free gift. So it means he makes us righteous so we can live righteously. Got it? Which means God is not trying to look for every little mistake that you make and every little thing you don't do right and trying to knock you down for it. No, quite the contrary. God says, listen, I don't condemn you. I convict you. Condemnation says you're not this, you're not that. Conviction says you are greater than that. You are greater than this. Touch your neighbor, say you are a king. But look at it. They said the crown fell from our head. Watch this, church. If the crown fell from their head, what does that mean they can no longer open? If the crown fell from their head, that means they no longer have keys. If the crown fell from their head, that means that they no longer have access. If the crown fell from their head, that means they can no longer walk in the opportunity that God has ordained for them. It says the crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us for we have sinned. The crown fell from their head, which means now they no longer had access to things they had access to. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this, verse 17. Because of this, our heart is faint. Because of these things, our eyes grow dim. Heart in the scripture is the Hebrew word lev, which means mind. Which means, watch this, they said, our mind is defeated. We have no strength. Now watch this, not because they didn't have strength, but because their mind said we don't have strength. See, can I help you? See, your issue is not that you don't have fortitude and ability and strength. Your issue is your mind tells you that you don't. 
Your mind tells you you don't have what it takes. Your mind tells you you're not good enough. Your mind tells you you can't make it. Your mind has grown faint, but your body hasn't. Your mind has grown faint, but your skills haven't. But watch this. But when the crown comes off, when the crown comes off, watch this. It says, a heart is faint. Because of these things, our eyes grow dim. In other words, here's what they're saying. They're saying, we've lost sight of the fact that things could ever get better for us. We've lost sight of the fact that trouble don't last always. I'm preaching to somebody at this 1115. We've lost sight of the fact that all this word we've been receiving, all these messages we've been receiving, we ain't been sitting up receiving this from nothing. We've been receiving this to be in power. We've been receiving this to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. But we can't see that anymore because our crown came off. And when the crown comes off, we don't have keys anymore. We don't have access anymore. Watch this, watch this church. Watch this. Verse 18, because of Mount Zion, which is desolate with foxes walking about on it, you, O Lord, remain forever. You're thrown from generation to generation. Why do you forget us forever and forsake us for such a long time? Look at me. It got so bad, they, they started accusing God of stuff he didn't do. It says, you ever had a moment where you start accusing God of stuff he didn't do? God, God, you just, nothing ever works for me. Now, nothing ever works for you. You know you're lying when you say that because lots of things have been working for you. That one thing has not yet worked for you, but that's your problem because you take no as no when no simply means not this way. Well, I says, well, I says, I'm almost done. They started accusing God of stuff that wasn't true. He said, why do you forget us forever? Now, if, here's the point. If God had forgotten them forever, how were they writing about it to say that he forgot them forever? Because if he got them forever, they wouldn't have been able to write about it. Because forever implies now, not only in time, but after time. Which means they just lying. Touch your neighbor and say, they just lying. Watch this. Uh, he says, why do you forget us forever and forsake us for so long a time? Verse 21, turn back, verse 21 rather, turn back to, uh, turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are very angry with us. Now here's the trip. It just ends like that. But there's a powerful point I want you to see in verse 21. It says, they didn't say, watch this, turn back to us, Lord. Here's what they said. Turn us back to you, O Lord. And we will be restored. What do they mean we will be restored? They said, we need our crown back. God Almighty, I wish I had somebody here. They said, God, we need our crown back. So turn us back to you. Come on, turn us back to you. And we will be restored or we'll get our crown back. Would you touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to turn back to God. No, no, no. I know you think it sounds simple because you're in church today and you're like, well, I haven't left God. Yeah, but you took your crown off. And when you took your crown off, then you stopped walking in honor of God and honor of leaders and honor of people and honor of yourself. You dropped your crown. Oh, but today, you ought to touch your neighbor and say, this time, I'm keeping my crown on. Oh, you want to trust somebody else? Say, this time, I'm keeping my crown on. Even when you fail, keep your crown on. Even if you make a mistake, keep your crown on. Even when it doesn't seem like it's working, keep your crown on. Even when you think you're getting ready to fall down on your face, keep your crown on. I'm out of town. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. 
They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.